Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Show Notes Weekly Highlights Podcast with me, Georgie Corridge-Cole. This week, I'm joined by Tor Cardona, Astrid Carter, and TV presenter, cookbook author, model, cast member of Ladies of London, Caroline Fleming. Hello! <laughs> so normally, just before we start recording the podcast, I'd say to our guest uh, that in a podcast, you need to be five times as enthusiastic as you are in real life. I've got a but you're not going to say that to me. I don't need to you know you don't need to say that to me. Oh my anyway. God, he did say that. The poor glasses, the poor window glasses would probably explode. They mm-hmm. might, they might. I also have a feeling that um, our first topic is not going to be a problem for you. It's about waking up earlier in the morning. 12 things you can do to wake up earlier in the morning. Do you jump out of bed in the morning? Can I you? do. I jump out of bed. <laughs> what time do you get up? Well, I'm one of these people who I'm not the best sleeper in the world. And it's a bit of a miracle if I sleep beyond 6.30. When I wake up, it feels as if I'm put into a, uh, a socket in the wall. I wake up, ding, <laughs> and I'm out of bed, straight to the bathroom, have a shower, or go, because my children are still sleeping. So you don't need to worry about having something to look forward to or booking a morning fitness class. Oh, no, isn't life enough? I mean, I'm just excited by the start of a new day. I'm a bit the same, actually. Yeah. What about you two? I actually do. I'm very much a morning person. I know we spoke about this last week. Um, Yeah, 100% a morning person. But the one thing that we did write about on this piece was about moving your alarm clock, you know, to to another room. And I I was saying this last week. I want, as of 2018, to not have my phone as my alarm clock. I really want to make a conscious decision not to use it. What a luxury to have a phone as an alarm clock that you actually need to be woken up. Yeah, well. Well, because I have to get to work, but. No, 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 but what I'm saying is I, I, I've, I've never woken up after my alarm clock's gone off. Mm. It's never been what's woken you up. No, mm. never. You just wake up naturally. Yeah, yeah. I never well, wake up on a and weekend. I, and, it's, and it's pitch black, dark, and I have earplugs, and I have eye glasses. <laughs> and you, you, still, just, you still wake up naturally. Wake up. You're ready to go. On just, the weekend, I always ping out of bed, 7.30. I don't need my, my alarm clock ever. But, but in, the week. in the week. Not that I like hate coming to work at all. <laughs> I think it's just like, you know, you have to get on Definitely. the tube. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Like. Well, I had a lecture from my husband this morning because he was working out. He was working really late last night and kept me awake. And I, we then didn't go to bed until after midnight. And I woke up at quarter to six this morning. So oh. I'm pretty tired today. Yeah. And I got an email today telling me that my bedtime routine was terrible and it should not be right. Enough features about this, and you should know better. And you've got to stop using your phone. And blah, blah, blah. so from your iPhone. Yeah, from my husband. Telling you about sleep hygiene. Just telling me to behave. <laughs> telling me that my sleep, my sleep routine is an absolute shambles and it's no surprise. But do you need I more than sleep. do you need more than six hours sleep? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, I do. By the end of the week, it's really starting to take its toll. If, if on the weekend, if you didn't have an alarm or kids, what time would you get up? Probably would wake up, but it's you funny. I went to, we went to bed on Sunday night at nine o'clock, and I knew that I had in front of me potentially 10 hours sleep that I could get. But to me, I start to panic that that's such a long amount of time, so I kind of wake up every few hours. I'm mm-hmm. like, I've still got this amount of time, I've still got this anyway. Anyway, I don't struggle to get up 
but I'm just not a great sleeper. But do you like, think that people actually spend too much time worrying about the amount of sleep that they get or don't get? You know, it's really I, interesting. So my grandmother, do. my great grandmother, died when she was 97, and apparently every single day of her life, she said, oh, "I haven't slept. <laughs> I haven't slept. I just haven't slept." And you know, they say that Winston Churchill. Uh, JFK, none of them slept more than three to four hours yeah, per night. Yeah. And I know there is a lot of concern, but I think, again, it's very, very individual. It's I agree. very totally dependent agree. on yeah. how your body, how your heart reacts mm. to the lifestyle that you have. I think you're right. I've got good stamina. It's in my genes. My dad had very little sleep. I always say to friends who have their first baby, because someone said this to me once, just remember that no one died of lack of sleep. Yeah. Tonight yeah, you'll yeah, go yeah. to bed. Tomorrow's mm. another day. Yeah. You will sleep again. So yeah. I agree. And I, I, and I say to myself the whole time, my David Tardis, it's my birthday on Friday, I've got a really busy weekend. So I've got this thing that I really need to sleep this week, so I'm cross that <laughs> it's Tuesday and I'm already in a bad place. But anyway, I am with you. I think we dwell on the amount of sleep we've had too much. I count the hours I've slept every single morning when I wake up. Do you? Really? That's obsessive. Yeah. From sleep to yes. breakfast. Yes. Because we're told that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Yeah, Most I agree. people would agree with that. But new research has suggested that there's clinical evidence the breakfast reputation as the most important meal of the day might not be spot on. What do you think? For me personally, breakfast is extremely important. My body, which I'm in very close contact with, and I feel everything, I'm extremely sensitive, my body very clearly asks for breakfast within 15 minutes of me waking. It wants, it needs to have food of some kind. You, do you do agree? Absolutely. I mean, mm, I if I came to work without breakfast, I'd probably, or didn't have it at my desk, I'd probably be hospitalised within about half an hour. Yeah. Can, Can I tell you the funny story? Can I tell you the funny story? So I was given um, a week's detox at the Viva Maya in Austria, their new place. They visited me there as a guest last October. And I thought, great, this is really awesome. Never done a detox before. Um, and that would just be really kind to do to my body on day three. I passed out. Oh my god. Oh my god. I passed out and I was put in a sugar drip because the same. you passed yeah. out because simply because I can't do that. Your blood I sugar I, I just cannot dropped. do this very light Me neither. diet. I can't do it. I I I, I couldn't juice. I can't juice. No, no I can't juice. I, I stop making sense. I feel weak when I juice. I, 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 I literally can't, can't think straight when food. I'm hungry. I need proper food. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And in yeah. the morning, I'm absolutely ravenous. Like you, like I could literally get up and eat like a three course mm. meal yeah, in the like morning. I can start the morning with a spicy Thai soup with a bowl of I do find that the earlier I eat breakfast, the quicker I'm hungry again. Yes. That's the only thing I would say. That is true. And also, I think, you know, we're all of quite healthy weights, but people who do have weight to lose, if you do want to lose weight, skipping breakfast is definitely a good idea. I like, don't think so. I would completely disagree with that. I think instead you should skip your dinner. The moment you start eating is the moment you start your metabolism. Mm -hmm. And oh, your metabolism needs to work. If you, on the other hand, skip your dinner, if you're someone who wants to lose weight, mm -hmm then you will have an empty stomach and you will, instead of it working to burn, it'll take your fat mm. deposits. But for me, the thought of going to bed hungry is yeah, just like miserable. Mm. Like, I, I, just, I can't sleep if I'm hungry. Yeah, same. If my stomach's rumbling, I can't sleep. Yeah. And actually, Tor, I know you've written quite a bit about fasting, but there's mm. quite a lot of evidence that if you're only eating for an eight-hour period in the yeah. day, yeah. that it's quite effective for weight loss, Exactly. Right? Yeah. And there's a rule that, I think, you know, if you have dinner, it's the 12-hour rule, so you have to leave 12 hours, but, well, you should leave 12 hours between your dinner and your breakfast. So if you, if you don't have dinner till nine and then have breakfast at seven, you know, it's better to leave a 12 hour window, yeah. they say. So Caroline, on that note, you've recently launched a cookbook. Yeah. Cook Yourself Happy, which is not yes. your first cookbook, but your no, first cookbook fourth. in English, is that right? My first cookbook in English. So you're best known in Denmark 
where you're from. Absolutely. That's where you were the, one of the stars of America's Next Top Model. Well, I was the presenter of the Danish version of oh, America's you were the Next presenter. Top Model. Yeah. I, see. I was the Heidi Klum or the Tyra Banks or the Elle McPherson of um, America's Next Top Model, where we had only Danish girls for three years. Two years, we also included Swedish girls. Wow. I'm glad I didn't watch that show. I think it would have been a bit depressing. Um, <laughs> but so, but you, and you recently, so you've, you've done your cookbooks in Denmark. I've done my point. cookbooks in Denmark, and I've also cooked on TV in Denmark. The very first show I ever did, The Baroness Moves In. And so you've launched a book in the UK, in yes. English. Yes. So we can all get a piece of Caroline and her cooking. Yes. Tell us, everyone's going to go buy the book, but tell us a little bit about the book and what the concept is. The concept is to bring families back into the kitchen because cooking is really fun. <laughs> cooking is, to me, one and of the book, the book is called Cook Yourself Happy, happy. The, Danish the Danish Way. way. Are, are the Danish the happiest people in the world? They are mm. and have been known to be the happiest people in the world since 1970s. If you're anything to go by, Caroline, I need to eat what you're eating. Um, what kind of recipes are in here? There is everything. I mean, there is literally everything because I very much believe in don't Ooh. eliminate anything. Why should you eliminate anything? Kale, aubergine and broccoli bake. That sounds oh, good. That's like a milazzani. Is it? Yes, it is. <laughs> got you. Um, how, how, I mean, if you've got so many books, how do you get inspiration for your recipes? I always find that baffling when someone writes a cookbook. Oh, yeah. oh to me, well, so we decided to, um, my literary agent said to me, you know what, well, the first thing we need to do is to find a hole in the market. It's already a very saturated market. What doesn't already exist? Please. This book is every single of the most traditional Danish recipes, but I've evolved them. My grandmother's recipe is very different to my father's recipe, is very different to my recipe. I'm very much a product of the 21st century. I very much believe we are what we eat. So you will see a lot about being very mindful around where you source your products from. I've also evolved my very traditional Danish recipes with what my life has been, which has been 42 years of living in different countries, having the privilege of traveling a lot, uh, but also a deep, deep passion for health. I was a full-time model from the age of 18 to 23. And in that time, I knew that, you know, always being on the run, always being in different countries, my skin needed to look good and I needed to have energy at the same time. So my whole research into various health aspects happened already at that time. And you um, think the Danish way feeds into a really healthy lifestyle? I do, I do. And, and I think especially because we take priority in family. So meals are eaten together as a family in Denmark. You're like an alien if you don't, as a parent, have dinner with your children every single day. They have breakfast together, the children most often have a packed lunch for lunch, and they have to di dinner together every day. But what makes this magical, and what I would love for people to do with this book, is to literally take their children by the hand Open this book, let the children decide. What do you guys want to eat? Because then the children will come with you shopping and they'll help with the food preparation and they're actually going to really enjoy this. And it's a real quality way of spending time together. Instead of them sitting in front of the TV, involve them. Let them choose. Let them feel proud of the result. I made this. And it's going to taste so much better because I made it. This obviously coming from the children. And it's a really special way of of being together, of talking together. People have forgotten how to talk. Yeah, People don't quite. talk to each other anymore. Mm -hmm. They don't talk to their children. They don't talk to their friends. They don't talk to their family. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's so true. the I happiness in this book is simply because I want to assemble people again. I want to remember what life is all about. And life is really about treasuring 
the time that we had together whilst looking after ourselves. Yeah. So the book is absolutely very healthy. I spotted Jerusalem artichoke and truffle soup. Mm. I mean, that is my idea. Mm. 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 Can, you, can you give us... I love artichokes. Oh, artichoke and truffle soup. Yeah. It's oh. just like... Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Give us your three favourite recipes in this book. Okay, well, the first recipe that I would recommend people to make simply because it is so extraordinarily sophisticated is the rhubarb soup. Okay. The flavour is beyond, you'll feel like you're a Michelin is that, chef. Is that a pudding or a, a savoury? It's an ice-cold soup Ooh. served with vanilla ice cream and toasted almonds. So it's pudding. Oh, that sounds yeah. good. Okay, that's one. My second recommendation would probably be my little fish cakes. Oh, delicious. Fish cakes, fregadilla. My other favourite thing. They're super easy to make. And again, if you don't want to use fish or you don't want to use cod, you can use salmon. If you don't want to use salmon, you can use veal. If you don't want to use veal, you can use chicken. This is all mm, about... You know, you can change an ingredient with something else. I would do the fish cakes with the 11 vegetable salad. Okay. And the last one? This shellfish casserole. So delicious. Either have it on its own with some delicious hot crispy bread or toss it in a mm. good portion of linguine. My family's shellfish stew. Yeah. Well, that sounds right up my street. Lots of them do. I read a piece in the Sunday Times magazine on Sunday yes. by India Knight. Yes about girls and the length of her hair. You've got one daughter, two sons, is that right? That's correct. And she said, the premise of it was, girls didn't have short hair anymore. When she was a child, over half the girls in her year at school had short hair. And it was the kind of punky, spiky, cool thing to do. You know, Madonna had short hair a lot of the time. But now, she says, she looks at her 13-year-old daughter's friends, and she said, the majority of them have long, sort of cascading locks, sort of princess-like hair, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that just doesn't sit well with her. What's mm. your take on that? I thought it was a really interesting yeah. piece so that got me yeah. thinking about long hair versus short hair and is one right and one wrong. I mean, I had hair so long that I could sit on it. Did you? And I only lost it due to eating five pieces of Hubba Bubba just before <laughs> bedtime, <laughs> and it still tasted so delicious that I didn't want to throw it away, so I put it on my bedside table and I woke up with it <gasps> right here <laughs> and had to cut my hair off. Oh. That's devastating. Yeah. Devastating. Never, ever, 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 ever chew Hubba Bubba before bedtime. And put it on your bedside <laughs> table. But I do think that all girls should have long hair if they want. I love long hair. I would still have hair to here if it would only grow. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to criticise Indian Night because Indian Night is Indian Night. It's not criticising, it's just having a different She's a opinion. legend. But I'm not sure I agree. She sort of talks about Disney and porn definitions and... Mm. But I, I do think that, you know, looking around the office, everyone sits there with long hair, like, that don't, that's never tied up. I think I'm the only one who ties up my hair. I always think if I had a prettier face, I could, I'd love to have oh, short absolutely. hair. But everyone I, I look at other people, <laughs> I look at other people with short hair and think they look great. But nine times out of ten, they've got very small, sort of delicate... No, but can I ask you a question? Is this not a question of age? Don't you think that that's kind of like 60 plus, that you should start considering going short? Oh, I disagree. She, I, I think I, women are keeping my hair, hair is longer. It's like, she's like, yeah shoulder length but I, I i think it suits me so much better i think longer hair on me actually looks a bit cheap i think i shorter makes it so much classier i think it's yeah. easy to keep in in good condition especially when it's just bleached but you've got nice delicate small yeah you do i think carla as well is a good example of someone who she's has got short hair she's got great shot, but she's yeah. just got yeah, small yeah, yeah. Like she's got lovely yeah. i've always sort of hidden behind my hair me a little too bit. i have a security blanket and also because i'm quite tomboyish it's quite nice to oh but it's your hair suits you astrid yeah yeah i love your hair yeah and you would be great with it shorter no. Or, yeah, both in a yeah, bottle. I, I always think if I could have my hair tonged every day and have lots of volume put in it, then I would love like a bob, which is slightly long longer yeah. at, and the, a winter. at the front. No, like slightly, slightly great, you know, slightly mm. longer at the front and, and 
but a bit more messy and a yeah. bit done messy, bit messy. Mm. You know, then I could do it. Mm. But I think it's a really interesting conversation and little girls, I think It's a really interesting conversation yeah. and we four have exactly the same length hair. And is that because it won't grow? <laughs> or is that a choice? I mean, I would have mine longer. Would you? Definitely. And as you get older, do you feel a pressure to cut it shorter? No, not I yet. do a little bit. No, I don't. I, but I but I feel twenty one, so. Yeah, God. But I think your hair is a good a good length. How long does it fit longer than mine? Yeah. But as, as, as long as it's healthy, I hate people who grow their hair just because they think they have to have long hair and then it's really straggly. Or if you have oh. very very thin hair. I mean, I have thin hair, but I have a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and I actually cut a load of weight out at the end, so it's actually quite thick. And when I was a child, I used to go to the hairdresser and they'd be like, "Oh my God, you got so much hair." But I think if you've got very very fine hair. And not a lot mm. of it. It doesn't look great. Long. It starts to look quite striking, yeah, especially yeah, yeah, as you yeah. get older. It's got to be thick, gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that thick straight line. Yes. You colour your hair? I do highlight my hair in the winter months. And how do you look after it? When I've had it highlighted. Yeah. Oh, I use Olaplex. Oh, do you? Olaplex. I love amazing, it. Amazing. Yeah. It's great. I, I really struggle. And with I use it. that once a week, and I think it's just. From home. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. When do you do it? Um, After you've washed before, is it like a mask? Well, it is a mask. So most people say before, but I often wash my hair and then I use it in my steam shower and I sit with it for ten minutes and then I wash it out and I do that once a week. Another thing that I love to do is literally to put a whole jar of coconut oil in my hair. Yeah, this is what everyone says. I love coconut oil, and I'm still a big fan of Moroccan oil. I've got to say. Do you? Yep. So you put the whole jar of coconut oil on your head. I do. I do. What do you do? Sit with it. That I have to tie up because it's actually it's yeah. Smelling like a pina colada. <laughs> oh, I love it. But I, I drench my whole body in coconut oil. I love it. Do you? God, and I I've been told I'm really soft skin. George, you should try Odaplex. It is really good. Yeah, you've really got really shiny hair. Well, I, so I, my, a bit like you, Caroline, I am naturally blonde, but I'm a sort of ashy blonde, and I like to be a bit blonder at the front. So how often do you colour yours? Probably every month. Once oh a month. Oh, my God. But only the, the front and only the roots, not to the end. So that keeps it in okay condition. Every time I go to the hairdresser, I'm like, is my hair in terrible condition? And yeah, me too. And it's not, which I, is, and then I get home and I look at it after I've straightened it and I can see the split ends. So I'm thinking, really? Oh, well, that's Were you just being nice to me? But I, I should do, I should do more. But I, you know. Odaplex is really easy. Yeah, I sleep in it. Okay, what about you? What are your golden rules of hair coloring for? I mean, I need my roots done so badly right now. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I get my hair done every six weeks. Um, only because I don't like having a root. And I know certain, Styles like Charlotte, she looks cool when she's got a bit of a root. Like you think you probably would look cool if you had a bit of a root. But it's I've, not got, I've got a massive root. I well, mean, exactly. I haven't, I haven't touched cool. my hair since before summer. Yeah, it looks cool. Like it looks it may. Great. Mm. That's not good on me. Mm. Yeah, good. Um, but uh, yeah, I have to have it on all the time. But yeah, sleeping in hair masks is the way forward for me. Mm. Also, you just do it when you get home. Do you, you sleep in coconut oil? I don't, but I really want to. Yeah, I do. I'm just worried about the mess and having to get oh, all no that mess, out. Honey, no what mess, do you no put mess. on your on your pillowcase? Nothing. Well, you just get into bed with your head covered in it. Yeah. And how many times do you have to shampoo it? Because it's quite greasy, you know? Mm, twice. Okay. Twice works. Maybe I sometimes three times, but most of the time I would say twice is enough. Mm. But then I'm a pillow freak, you know. I uh, change my pillows on a very, very regular mm. basis. Do you know how alive your pillows do they? <gasps> and oh, oh, I don't want to know. Have said that. I time. just thought I would let you know that if you put that stuff under the microscope, you would be a little bit freaked out. So I very much believe in washing duvets once a month. Do and what? most duvets can be washed, and if not, dry cleaned. And I boot my pillows once every six to eight weeks. Really? Yeah. Oh God. Simply wow. because it's like a, it's like a, it's like a strong cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Under the microscope, it's yeah. like a strong cheese. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah. God, that's disgusting. Yeah. Like the actual pillow, not just the case. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, so you're so right. I mean, you're so right. A duvet cover fits in the in the. It does, machine. and you'll yeah, see on all easy. of them, washable yeah. on forty degrees. Yeah. What the actual duvet? The actual yeah. duvet. I'm feeling quite. I'm feeling quite embarrassed now. Of course, I'm in your machine, and then put in a few tennis balls just to make sure that. Yeah, yeah. I should take it. Take might take it to the dry cleaner. Yeah. When was the last time you took it to the dry cleaner? No, no, no. I no, no. My actual, not my duvet cover. No, 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 no. Your duvet. Actual duvet. Yeah, I'll do it. I have a winter and a summer duvet, so I'll do it. So you'll dry clean it once a year. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes. Well, twice a year. I didn't yeah. think I even do my once a year. That's terrible. Mm. Okay, and I'm really that. anal. I mean, my house is spotless. I am Monica to the. <laughs> yeah, you're like me. Whatever Completely level. OCD. I, I don't wash my duvet, the actual duvet, that often. Oh, God. Right, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get home, and that's going to be top priority. <laughs> anyway, how do we get from combing your hair to your coconut oil? So every six weeks, Astrid, any rules covering your hair? You do a bit, I know. A little bit. I only to cover the greys, but I don't want to. Like commit myself to having permanent hair dye. Such One because I'm like, it? yeah, it's a hassle, and I'm like very low maintenance. Yeah, you like me. Lazy. You know, I actually <laughs> don't think I want to bother anymore. I'm just going to let the sun take it, and the grey that's coming out, let that be. But the um, in yeah. this feature, did you write this talk? I did. Yeah. These color wow. Um, what are they good. called? Root cover up. They're amazing. So if you've just got a little bit. It's, it's a, root. Just a little root cover up. So if you've got a little bit of grey or your root showing through, you just Shut kind of paint the front it on. Door. It's, and that one's really good. Oh, so you got one effects there. Yeah. Oh my gosh, isn't that amazing? Because I do have a little bit of grey. Isn't that interesting? And it's like an eyeshadow. Yeah. You just yeah. literally brush yeah. it on. They've got blonde, redhead, and net black. Yeah, awesome. this is fabulous. On the subject of hair, scissors at the ready. Because did you know that Pinterest's latest data has revealed that the search for curtain fringes have increased by 600% this year alone? So the curtain fringe, the softly cut fringe, is the kind of Bridget Bardo, Jane Birkin, Bit longer at the sides, like grown open out in fringe, the bit Alexa Chung, yeah, Francois Harley, that kind of thing. And it's a really cool look. I love the look. We ran this piece, and I thought, oh my god, that looks amazing. But I don't know about any of you, but I've made that mistake about a fringe. Yeah, I have too. Probably a couple of times in my life, <laughs> and you know, it is a terrible look on me. Have you ever had a fringe? I, I feel like you're doing it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I love this look, and I actually had this look for years. But there's been a few times where I've gone to maybe like a different hairdresser or something, and they've just not. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Not quite got it right. Like, you've also had that fringe recently, didn't you? That was a disaster. But hers was a bit dire. Because, you know, you have those Facebook memories that are, like, flashback pictures from like university Time or whatever pop. that yeah. keeps like really testing me not to get this done oh, again really? yeah you're tempted really tempted i think the key is it, the, the long bits have to go to the cheekbone it has to be that it has long. to be really grown out really like lived in yeah it can't be too blunt i think you'd rock that look Tor, have you ever had yeah, a fringe i have one of those awful side fringes oh, oh yeah. like 17 18 so oh, i need to like straighten it so it was just like 
Oh, awful. Never do that again. Can I? Never. Well, I had, you know, like a, a, proper, a proper fringe. Oh, I had a, like a Lego cut. Did you? Yeah, for, oh, well, until I was at least six. Uh, right. And you know what's really funny? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's really funny? <laughs> My son, Nicholas, is identical. And he will not only be cut by me, he will not let anybody else. So I literally, he's cut like this, and then I've, I've, I've bought it like this. But I haven't done the French since. Since you're six. Since you're six. Yeah. You're, you're six. still scarred by your fringe that you had when you were six. I've just never had that desire. It just can look so wrong. I think yeah. you've got a lot to lose by going for a fringe. However, Astrid, I think you should give it a okay. go. Yeah, I think you should too. I, I, I might think get, it get definitely, one. Um, suit you. Take one for the team. <laughs> Let's talk about smoking because I saw on your Instagram feed last right. night. Yep. How cool is that? You have given up smoking. I've well, given up well smoking. Congratulations. Thank you. So you smoked for how long? 26 years. And have you ever given up before? The three times I was pregnant, and then I gave up for about six months after each pregnancy. Uh -huh. After Alexander, I was back on 20. After Josephine, I was back on 10. After Nicholas, I decided I'm now going to be a control smoker, and I'm only going to smoke between one and five a day. And that has sustained for the last six to seven years. And I really, really love smoking. Like, really. Every evening when I put my kids to bed, I would go outside. Sometimes I didn't have one. Sometimes I wouldn't even have one. But when I did have it, it was good. I mean, I loved the taste of it. I just loved it. Did the Alan Carr thing. Okay. And how does that work, the Alan Carr thing? It's quite incredible. You come at 10 o'clock in the morning, and you're finished by 4.15. And up until 3 o'clock, once an hour, you're sent out to smoke. So you you go, where do you go? 20 minutes from Walton Street. Right. 30 minutes from Walton Street. For, for how long do you go for a period? From 10 o'clock in the morning. So for how many four days? 4 o'clock. For how many Just days? One day. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're smoking till 3 o'clock. So you're in this room with 10, 12 other people. Right. And everyone says why they smoke, you know. And she starts off by saying that it's, we're all looking upon it as a good thing. You know, for some people it's stress. For other people it's various other things. I said, you know, my love of it came actually from being a child and falling in love with the smell of when my father lit a cigarette in a car and opened the window this much. <laughs> I look back at yeah, my yeah, child I'm, and I'm think, a how did my mother drive me around? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm a 70s child. You must be too. I mean, a 80s, it was... 80s. Yeah, okay, well, I'm 70s. And that but smell, yeah, I grew up with that it smelled smell like, like roasted nuts, you know? Yeah. And I've always it loved be sick. That's what the taste of smoke, which is quite terrible. I've just so, loved it. So tell and us what happened. So you went along to Alan Carr, I made a decision that I don't like the smell of it. I got to a point where it, where it, it was the smell, because mm -hmm. I didn't feel, again, my low matter, I didn't feel as if it was harming me, although, of course, I know logically mm. that smoking is absolutely like not sun. healthy, yeah. and most people die of it, but then again, you take my grandfather, and he died when he was 87, and he smoked 100 cigarettes a day, my and drank a bottle of uh, uh, today. Well, you know. She was chuffing away. Mm. So again, you just, it, it's yeah. so individual. Yeah. But, okay, so, so I you went, went along, and what do you do from 10 to 4? You listen, you speak, you speak obviously about why you're smoking. She does this really interesting thing of saying, we all start as normal. And then when you've had your first cigarette, this pattern's going to start happening. You start craving the nicotine. And you only become normal when you've had the nicotine fix, and you start craving again. So everything about smoking is negative. You have a nicotine worm in your tummy, and then you have a monster brain. You've brainwashed yourself for a long, long time. Nicotine has left your body within four days. So if you think you're craving a cigarette, you're not. It's your monster brain telling you to have a cigarette. Let that just be a thought. Just let it go and say, no, 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 no. I'm not going to give in to that because I've decided that I don't want to smoke. And I made that decision. I'm, I'm going to stop smoking. 
it seemed really illogical. And I remember sitting there thinking, I don't think this is going to work for me. Seriously, at two o'clock. And I knew that it was going to finish by four. And then something happens. Something happens all of a sudden where you think, this is the most stupid thing in the world. There's nothing positive about smoking. There's actually nothing that's good. I might love that flavor, but you know what? I'll, I get the same when I There's close my eyes. There's a lot of flavors in the world, yeah. Mm. yeah. So you've done it. So done 21 it. days. 22 days today. So 22, well done. Yeah. Amazing. And when I occasionally, you know, feel like one, I, I, I might just take a puff from my fingers or from a carrot or from a <laughs> stick or, or from a breadstick. Stick. And it's really interesting because that, that totally does it. Well, good for you, Caroline. I think that's it. Yeah, well done. Hopefully that will inspire lots of people. I hope so. I really hope so. But it was quite amazing to see how many people commented on my Instagram on I'm sure. that exact post. Mm. So a lot of people saying, how do you do it? Help, help, yeah. help, help, help. Oh, and I'd love great. to, but I very much hope that it will inspire people to, to, to realize that actually what it really is, and that was the real message is, you've come here because you've decided to stop smoking and this is a decision that you made and you need to stick to it. Yeah. yeah. And whenever your monster brain tells you to not stick to it, you just say that's just a thought, just mm. let it pass, just let it pass. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Let's talk about the flu jab. Do you have the flu jab? Nope. Do children have the flu jab? Nope. Why not? Don't need it. Why? We are rarely hit by the flu. Touch wood. We being Touch you and your family or Yes, or my, no, my children and I. Um, and I think that... Why do you think that is? Because we look after ourselves. If something is coming, if I can hear a slight croaking in the voice, I screw up on the levels of lemon and ginger and honey and things that I know will help them. Um, celery juicing. That is one thing that I think is a God's gift. You know, I will supplement them. Elderberry, I think, is one of the most incredible immune boosts, especially for children. So, you know, in winter periods, I do supplement with other things that will strengthen them. I, it's really interesting because flu jab and jabs in general, I've given a lot of the, I've done all the jabs that we're supposed to give, all the vaccinations that we're supposed to give our children. I do think that our body needs to be uh, able to process viruses and germs naturally and i think blocking a flu uh, having been a human race on this planet for so many thousands of years to me it's not it's not a natural thing i can understand when you do it when you're elderly absolutely mm -hmm. and i can understand you would do it if you have a something that weakens you naturally but naturally my children are strong mm -hmm. naturally i'm strong which is why I would rather allow the ones who need it to have it. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't feel like I need it. Mm. Have you had it? No. Never. There's something, I'm like with you, there's something that just doesn't sit very well with Same. me. Fine for elderly people, yeah. but. Why? Why would I you just have think, it? Do you I don't think you have to build up a, a tolerance well, to these things. children have it. You give your children the flu jab? They get the spray at school. The nasal spray. That's why I'm spray. Oh, I haven't even school. heard of that. I always, we were always given mm. it at school. Really? Yeah. We never had it. I never had it at school. I never day. even heard of I it. I remember making such a fuss one year that I got my parents to write. You, you could opt out if your parents wrote you a letter, but I made such a fuss about an injection. Oh did did you get the flu? Uh, I think I probably did. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm of the school of thought that, I mean, I've had my children vaccinated against chickenpox. <gasps> so my 
shut the front door. Are you serious? Absolutely. I didn't know you could get that. These are natural things no, that the body but, should have. No, I, I feel, as you shouldn't get into this debate on a podcast, <laughs> but I, I feel very strongly, and I actually spoke to the doctor because I posted on Sherlock's quite a few years ago with my eldest. When I got her vaccinated for chickenpox, a lot of people waded in. And actually what's interesting, I think, is that in the States, in Germany, in a lot of countries around the world, it's given out as a vaccination. Really? But in the UK, we don't. And actually, it comes down to cost. And I totally understand that Isn't the NHS is not a bottomless pit and that they have to prioritise. And there are other things that are more important. But one doctor replied and said, replied in response to people who were basically sort of attacking me for having my daughter immunised. And someone had said, all these vaccinations, so you know, MMR, all the things our children have to have when they're born mm. are absolutely essential. And do you want to go back to an age where the life expectancy of people was 35 or whatever mm. it was? And then ultimately we're a modern day society and these vaccinations are there for a reason. Now, the flu jab is a slightly different No, 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 thing. but chickenpox too. But I mean, how often do you hear of anyone dying of chickenpox? I did a lot of research yeah, before yeah, I had yeah, the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. And you have every right to and, make the decisions you make. And I was very comforted by the fact that in a lot of other countries where they don't have an NHS system like ours, for which I'm hugely grateful, um, it's given out as it's routine. There's nothing. Yeah, it's a bit like group B no. strep, which they don't test for in pregnancy in the UK um, because it's too expensive for the NHS. I ended up having group B strep. I only found out because of complications in my labour of my first. But now that we know I have it, I get treated for it in pregnancy. Basically, 30% of women have group B strep. What is that, sorry? It's a sort of something you carry, basically. And there is a point something something percentage chance that in pregnancy, that in labour, it can be passed on to your baby. If your baby gets it, it can be really dangerous and life-threatening. But the chances of a baby getting it are point... It is so slim that the NHS make a calculated decision that because of the cost to test women... And actually, I think this is all changing. It's being prioritised now. Um, is it just a standard blood, blood test? I think it's just a blood test. Um, but in a lot of countries around the world, group B strep is so in the States, everyone's tested for it. In other European countries. Gosh. Is it genetic or how do you, how do you get you it? You just have, you just, my sister-in-law has it, I have it. I, I, look, I mean, it's 30% of women carry it. Okay. It's nothing dangerous you would... Is it a virus? Know. Is it a... Uh, it's a... Yeah, it must be it something must be. like that. Could be interesting to do a piece like of Like a stackly cock. God, pass, I'm out of my depth now. But I just think it's interesting that people feel very strongly about vaccinations, but ultimately, if we were a country with money trees, a lot of these vaccinations Mm, might be given out. Flu jab, yes. Would I have the flu jab? I had it when I was pregnant. They give it to you as routine when you're pregnant in this country, because obviously you don't really want to get the flu when you're pregnant. That can be dangerous. Personally, I'm of the school of thought that if you could stop yourself getting something, why wouldn't you? And the flu is nasty. Yeah, but you can still still get the flu on the flu jab. You can, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about being a godparent, because if you ask me, being asked to be a godparent is one of life's greatest honours. And as a parent, it's a pretty important decision. I thought we ought to write this piece because I met somebody at a party, and I talked about this before, who had had a child by a sperm donor, and I asked her if she had some great godparents for her son. And she said, oh, no, 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 I, I'm an atheist. As a one-parent family, a mother of a son, it would be great to have male role models in your child's life and it was a really nice conversation and she said she gosh she was like you've really made me think and actually I really think I need to give myself some godparents mm. and I thought it was an interesting topic yeah, really interesting very interesting I have topic. seven godchildren and I feel so lucky to be a godmother yeah I genuinely feel sort of so excited to watch them grow up and yes. to be a part of their lives yes. and I have four godparents 
I, I just think it's such a positive. I don't yeah. see that there's any downside. When I was a teenager, my dad lived in Asia. Um, he'd come back and we'd go and stay with my godfather. And we just have the best weekends. And, and I sort of enjoyed my godfather's company a lot more than I did other friends of my parents. There was just mm -hmm. a kind of different bond there. And I know that if shit, the shit hit the fan, I could rely on them. And I just think it's a great thing. Do your children have godparents? My children godparents? have six godparents each. I have five godparents. I have 12 godchildren. Um, and I think the whole purpose of godparents is to have, beyond you as parents, people that you really respect. Yeah, other people in your life. Who other adults you in your life. want to have, um, who you would like to positively influence your children. But also in olden days, I know that my parents chose my godparents and the deal was that if ever anything happened to them, yeah. it would be the chosen godparents that were going to bring mm. up my sister and I. But that's a legal guardian. There's and that is actually, but that is, that is of all my godchildren, you know, I know that I'm not only saying yes to being a godmother, I'm also saying yes to if anything happens to the parents, I will bring these children into my life and I will be responsible for them in every single way, shape or form. So, you know, it's a huge honour. Yeah. that it, it, it's parents looking to you as a role model. I think so. I think it's a huge honour to be yeah. asked. Yes. I think there is a difference between a guardian, so I am legal guardians to some friends' children, yeah. and that means that if their plane goes down, those children. Yeah, but in Denmark, godparents are legal guardians as well. Okay, automatically. Oh, yeah. So here they're not. Mm. A godparent is someone that plays an active role in their child's life, but doesn't necessarily become their parent when they're yeah. if they yeah, leave. They die. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what do you two think? Are your godmother Astrid? No, no, no I'm not either. My godmother is my aunt, and I'm so close to her. Um, I think there is, well, she's my aunt anyway, so she's, she's blood, but there is such a special bond. And like you said, if, I don't know, if you didn't want to talk to your mum about something, I feel like I could go to her, yeah. and she would absolutely have my back on yeah, anything. Yeah, and I think that's, mm. I read in a book um, recently that I was reading about raising children that said it's really important to bring your children up and let them know if there's something they feel like they can't come to you about. Yeah, they can trust their godparents. Yeah. Something that's uncomfortable to speak to your parents about. Yeah. Yes, that's a special way to put it. If, if, yeah. Um, and I there, just there is a loyalty like grandparents. Yeah. It, it's people that you can go to that you know will keep whatever it's you have secret. It's yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And it's secret, it's loyal, it's faithful. And I think on the other side, like for my aunt, she's got two boys. So I'm kind of like the girl that she never yeah. had, yeah. which is so Sweet. lovely yeah. for her. So nice. My yeah. great friend is about to have her third boy and she would have loved a girl, but she's got two wonderful boys she's about to have another one of whom is my godson but um she's got something like five goddaughters so we always say you're going to do more <laughs> wedding dress shopping yeah. than any of us yeah. with daughters because yeah i think if you don't have a daughter yeah, it's definitely. quite nice yeah. do you have godparents i do but my parents chose really badly so <laughs> i you know like i have i had i have three um but i only really i mean i'm close to one of them i never i haven't heard from two of them for like 10 years that's why that's why i have six so i lost the battle with my husband actually coco has four and the other two have no coco has four Otto has five mimi has six and actually my stepmother said to me who speaks a lot of sense she's like what have you got to lose why not have more the chances are a few of them are going to drop off well exactly and my one of my brothers poor guy two of his are dead and one they don't really see anymore so he's left with one so he adopted a godparent mm. later in life like that's that. my dad that's kind of what i did as well who, and so they got nice. on so well yeah. and he's now his honorary godfather yeah. and they, they, he came to the christ he came to the confirmation and yeah. you know he's very much been treated as a godparent yeah, I and love it's lovely because yeah. it's happened I really love that. and i think that is actually a really really good thing to do um, when your children are conscious, I've got a very, very dear girlfriend of mine whose daughter is very conscious of the fact that her godparents are really not there for her in any way, shape or form. So she has, as a teenager, chosen her godparents. And I've got two of my friends who've become 
honorary godparents of my two boys, chosen by my boys because they play such a wonderful, active role in their lives where they become yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe at the age of 13, every child should yeah. be able to, to go choose and a pick yeah. an honorary yeah. I think, godparent. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I must have been, I was when, with the year I was confirmed, so it must have been 15, 16, and you had to choose a, a sponsor. And I chose a really close family friend of my parents. So she's mm. kind of like, I've never said you're my honorary godmother, but she's always, you know, we've just got a very different kind of bond, as you say. So I've always been so flattered to be asked to be a godmother. I mean, I think it's the greatest yeah. thing yeah. you can be asked, actually. Yeah. But I think to be asked by a child to be their godmother, I mean, God, that would just mm. melt your heart, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I can't wait to be asked. The I, other, I hope I get asked. Of course you of course will. Of course you will. Oh. The other thing so. um, on the subject of godparents, I thought was a really nice point. Cara Goodley, who runs Goodie PR, um, I, I remember chatting to her once, and she said that for all her children, she chose a teenager, someone really young in her life that she knew to be a godparent because it meant that when her child was 21, she had a godmother that was cool and young or yeah, you know, yeah, growing yeah, up. Really cool. yeah. when, when the child was 13, she had a sort of 21-year-old godmother and Carl was like, it's brilliant because they take her to Westfield and they go shopping. Yeah. And it's, I, I thought made, that was really cool. Yeah. I was made godmother the first time when I was six years old to a boat. And the second time I to was a boat. to a boat. Yep. Okay. And the second time I was made a godmother, I was eight years old. Oh, not so to a boat. To a boy. To a boy. So my godson is, is 34. That's awesome. That's it is so cool. And he's handsome and gorgeous and wonderful. And when we are out together and I'm like, I'm his godmother, people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, the youngest I could get was, she's 28, maybe. <laughs> I couldn't find a teenager. That it wasn't going to be a bit weird, but that's I think that's a, yeah, I think yeah. that's a great message. Caroline, let's talk about you. Can we talk about Ladies of London? Absolutely. So we were all quite big fans of Ladies of London. Were Astrid you? I was obsessed with Ladies of London. Astrid loved <laughs> Ladies of London. Were you, Astrid? I loved it. Really? Like, what did you love pleasure. about it? To know you're just all so fun and it was I don't really know. fun. It mm. seems like I don't know how made up it is but it seems like the less contrived of those shows of that ilk or not but probably no it's completely it's not contrived i mean it is it's real and of course producers absolutely go in and yeah yeah nudge a few subjects here and there that they want discussed but i would say that it's it's pretty much uh very true to life and character and caroline you did series two and three and three yes. and there were three series yes and why aren't they making any more well, you never know. I mean, it has been shelved. Shame. I'm going to say for the time being, but I think that is simply uh, due to the fact that TV nowadays, people going and watching an eight o'clock show every night is happening less and less. People want to stream, mm. and Bravo is not a streaming platform yet. But it was huge um, in the States. But funny I mean, enough, Juliet, oh, it's massive. Massive. You all like, became like superstars there. Massive. It's, it's, it's quite extraordinary yeah. being in the States. I was just in New York and LA now with Cook Yourself Happy um, for the book tour and the launch over there. And I was in Palm Beach in June, and I mean multiple times every single day. And people are so, I mean, they're so excited, not to mention the crew flying there and flying back. I mean, it's, it's quite extraordinary. They really love it. They love it to the point that I was taking a much needed nap in a sun chair in Palm Beach and three women came in. They came and woke me up. <laughs> so funny. But it's sweet, it's positive. They love it. I mean, they really, really love it. They really love it, which is wonderful. It's, it's been a, a, a wonderful experience. And Juliet, funnily enough, yesterday sent me this text message saying that Bravo's most successful quarter ever in, in hitting their target group was uh, the first quarter of 17, which was 
when Ladies of London was showed. You know what? That a lot of people want it. A lot of people miss it, and I think that they are absolutely considering what to do with it. Simply because also what's replaced it has performed worse. Oh really? Yeah. Well, that's music mm. to our ears. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I, I met Keep with one of account, the I... producers when I was in the states, and I mean they they love it. They miss it. People miss it. Yeah, it was fun. It was great fun. And Licensed Ladies of London, you've launched a cookbook. I've written my cookbook. My cookbook's been released. And I have just uh, done my second collection of affordable luxury, which is a homeware uh, and kitchen and interiors collection in Denmark. Well, Caroline, congratulations on Cook Yourself Happy. Thank you very much. It's a wonderful book. And Thank you. you have really genuinely inspired me to go home and make a real effort to cook more meals and eat more meals with my children. So for me, thank you for that. Cook Yourself Happy is available on Amazon and at Waterstones bookshops. And thank, thank you. you for joining us. It's thank you for having me. such fun to hang out with you. As always. And if you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.